Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Kinney, Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! And we start tonight with breaking news in the last two minutes. Ukraine's FA is asking FIFA and UEFA to postpone the World Cup qualifying playoff tie with Scotland on March the 24th. That's just breaking news coming in now. Craig Moore, Leanne Crichton are with us tonight. And uh, Craig, it's not surprising, totally understandable. And I would imagine the Scottish FA will agree to this because of the crisis, the invasion in the Ukraine. Yeah, no, you're right, Paul. I mean, obviously, you know, terrible times in terms of what's happening in Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, very, very sad to see. But uh, I think, you know, in terms of, um, you know, postponing what that looks like in terms of the scheduling, uh, but totally, totally understand um, this decision. Uh, and we look forward, I guess, to, to, to hearing very soon about what that, that solution will be for, for that particular qualifier. And Leanne, there can't be any other answer than, yeah, we agree to it. It would be the right thing to do. And I'm sure the Scottish FA, and I know you would agree. No, absolutely, Paul. I think it's a decision that I don't, well, it's a request that nobody is surprised at. And and, yeah. and I think everybody will support. I think as time moves on, it it perhaps might become difficult for, for those that run the, the game and make these decisions. And what it looks like in terms of the impact that it's going to have long term um, on the tournament itself and the teams that are looking to try and make it but that's not a decision for Scotland to make I think Scotland only need to make the right decision and that is to agree with the request of the postponement and take it from there I think you know as we've seen in the last number of weeks things can change really quickly hopefully through time things start to change for the better and certainly the, the situation in Ukraine will start to improve but you're absolutely right Leanne it's the, it'll be the decision of UEFA ultimately won't it or the ruling body FIFA but it's a uh, it's a FIFA tournament, so yeah, that's just breaking news in the last few moments. Not a huge surprise, as Craig said at the top of the programme. We'll bring you more news as it develops. Well, we were about to start because, you know, we need our football. We agree, Leanne, don't we, Craig, as well? My goodness, we need the distraction, and it's a great unifier. So many good things have happened uh, in football, responding in the right way to uh, the Russian aggression. But we're here tonight mainly to talk uh, about Scottish football. Last night, as you know, Rangers getting the win, the one-goal victory at St. Johnson, Celtic 2-0 at home against St. Mirren. And the two managers, interesting today, Ange Postacoglu saying, Celtic, well, we kept our composure, stuck to the game plan and got the rewards. And GVB, in one of the shortest cuts ever, said, three points in the bag and in the car and go home. And Craig, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it is getting uh, a bit nervous now, isn't it? Nine yeah. games to go. 45 goals at Celtic are plus 45 with 70 points. Rangers plus 35 with 67 points. Just nine games to go. And I also want to ask you, what do you think at home? There are just five points between 10th spot and 4th position. 
That's mm. seven teams. Livingston, Hebs, Dundee United, Motherwell, Ross County, St Mirren and Aberdeen. I can never remember it being as tight in that position under Hearts down to the bottom with just uh, St. Johnson and Dundee. Craig, it's never been like this, so competitive there in that runt in the middle who could all get top six. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it just shows, I think, um, you know, out with kind of the, the, the top three because you've got to say that, you know, Hearts have had a fantastic season and really look as if they've, um, you know, cemented third position. But out with that, uh, as, as you mentioned there, from four to ten, there really is a league within the league. Um, it's highly competitive and, and, you know, all the clubs are looking to try and find their way as far up that ladder, Paul, um, you know, throughout the season. Um, the, the, the battle for, for relegation, you know, St Johnston and, and Dundee down there will be, will be fighting for their lives and yeah, there's still a lot to play for and, and some interesting twists and turns at the top, in the middle and at the bottom of the league. And you could have your say, 0808 17 17 700, uh, the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. We've got Leanne Crichton, former Glasgow City, Scotland star, currently, of course, with Motherwell. And Craig Moore, man of so many clubs, but most notably for us, Rangers in two really successful spells. Leanne, Craig, have a think. What was your tightest ever title race? Because, Leanne, you had many, many victories. I, I think you might come back. Because I'm in the house, I've not actually seen you today, so you might tell me, Paul, we coasted it every year with Glasgow City. <laughs> a squish case. No, there was, there was certainly a <laughs> yeah. few like that, but there was, there was some that were uh, a bit close for comfort, shall we say. Yep. And, Craig, for you, it would be memorable? Yes, yes. yes. I, I, I've, I've got so, mine, yeah. So, I know exactly yeah. the year and, and, and how it played out, for sure. Okay. We'll speak about that during the programme. There's so much uh, to get through uh, tonight. Uh, at this weekend, Rangers against Aberdeen, Saturday at three, and then Livingston against Celtic, high noon at uh, Almondville. So it's going to be some weekend. Leanne, it is going to go all the way, isn't it? Absolutely. As you, you said, it, Paul, nine games to go. Um, it's getting closer and closer. I think, as Craig mentioned, when you look at the table, the thing that jumps out at me the most as well is that the teams below Celtic Rangers and Hearts, the majority of them have all taken points um, off the, the, the top three teams in the division as well. So there's there's no game that you could write off. There's no guaranteed three points from any game. And when you look at St Johnston and Dundee fighting for their lives, that's going to be an absolute shootout right until the very yeah. end. So um, these teams will be scrapping. Top six means a hell of a lot. You look at St Mirren last season, they just missed out in top six. It was marginal. They'll be desperate um, to go and try and, and, and do that this season. Livingston, it would be incredible if they could remain up there when you, you consider the budget and stuff that they've got. So Celtic and Rangers are, are not by any means going to get this their own way. Then you throw into that the old firm matches that we still have to um, see out as well. There's going to be many twists and turns for sure. Um, it could be incredible. You know, the final day of the season at both ends of the table could be quite incredible. And we've got our own Oz on the programme and the controversy um, about the big match November the 20th Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic playing in Sydney I want to talk to you about it massive controversy yeah. but it has brought many of the fans together at both ends of the spectrum uh, protests last night from both sets of fans for different reasons who don't want to see them come together in the Sydney Cup but we're going to speak about that in a few moments Davy Proven joins me now on the phone Davy thanks for taking the call because we found out in the last hour uh, a great character from Scottish football uh, passed away today he was 86 years old, and he was one of your former gaffers. Uh, Frank Connor, manager at uh, Wraith Rovers, assistant at Motherwell, at Hearts, 
Uh, he was a goalkeeper, Berwick Rangers. He's got great ties with the, the late, great uh, Jock Wallace. And he was uh, temporarily in charge of your beloved Celtic for a time as well. So, so sad to hear about the passing today of Frank Connor Davy. Yeah, very sad, uh, Paul, obviously. And uh, our thoughts go out to, to Frank's um, loved ones. Um, and I think anyone who's ever played or been part of a dressing room that Frank was in, involved in would know just the contribution he made, um, particularly to Celtic. I know he was um, well-travelled in the, the football business, but, but certainly my memories as a Celtic player of Frank, very fond. Uh, the word character, I think, is overused nowadays. But he was certainly a character. And, you know, when David Hay got the Celtic job, David was only 34. Yeah. He he needed a, a right-hand man, if you like, and Frank was the perfect foil for Davy. Frank was the sergeant major type, the character, great enthusiast, um, and the type that I think every dressing room needs. Yeah. Um, and just so, so sad. I mean, listen, we're, we're all going to go at some stage, Paul, but my, my goodness, uh, my memories of Frank Connor. Uh, and I won't be the only Celtic player tonight because people like Charlie Nicholas and Danny Craney and Mark Reed and the Celtic reserve team, Jim Duffy is another one, the Celtic reserve team that he produced, um, so many of that team graduated into the Celtic first team, um, in no small part due to Frank Connor um, and the way he, he developed them. Yeah. It was a lifelong love affair with Margaret and his seven children. I had the privilege of working. I got to know him uh, at the time as well, David, not as well as you. And he had a lifelong love affair with Celtic. Um, he brought Wraith Rovers into the top division as well, as I know you remember. He was manager at Wraith Rovers, but he was great with people, wasn't he? He was, as you said, old-fashioned. I mean, HR departments would be worried when Frank was around <laughs> these days, yeah? <laughs> no, yeah. listen, the, the, the air was turned blue. If you weren't doing it at the halftime, the air would be blue in the dressing room. Uh, Frank did, didn't miss anyone. Um, did you ever have an incident? Did you and Frank, yeah, did you ever come up against each other? Well, I, I did always remember a, a European Cup tie against the, the Danish club Aarhus. Mm -hmm. And Frank reckoned I hadn't done my shift in the first half and he went for me at half-time. And I remember the, uh, the two of us being <laughs> pulled apart in, in the dressing room at half-time. Um, all forgotten after the game, of course. Um, you know, Frank was the type of guy, I, I could have said to Frank, Frank, you know, I want to come in at midnight tonight and practice my crossing. And he'd, he'd have been at the ground, opening the ground and putting the putting the floodlights on for you. He just had this <laughs> insatiable appetite for the game. Great, uh, believed in hard work, that you only got out of the game what you put in. And, and just one of the great characters. And I remember Alex Ferguson. There was a, a testimonial dinner uh, for, for Frank through in Falkirk, which I was at. And I remember Alex Ferguson uh, was there. So that, that was the kind of esteem that Frank was held in that, Fergie had come up from Manchester to acknowledge his, his contribution. And he had that great relationship with uh, Jock Wallace, who, of course, was uh, Rangers manager and uh, also an ex-goalkeeper as well. But they had a brilliant relationship. I mean, the banter was always flying, wasn't it, about the blue and the green between the two of them? And it worked. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm just so glad I wasn't in that dressing room, Paul. Can you imagine the two of them, <laughs> Jock Wallace and Frank Connor, together? Yep. <laughs> For heaven's sake, you used to be good Good cop, bad cop. But yeah. my, my God, the two of them together. It was worse than you and Barry Ferguson last night on the programme. Davey, <laughs> go, going to let you go. You know the breaking news in the last few minutes. Ukraine's FA have asked FIFA to postpone the World Cup qualifying playoff with Scotland uh, in a few weeks' time, March the 24th. Your reaction to it? The right call? 
Uh, well, I, I just don't think football has any importance at all, given what's going on there, Paul. So sure. I think we have to respect um, you know, the Ukrainians' position. 16 of their squad are home-based. Mm. Um, yeah. They are not allowed to travel at the moment outside the country. So I think anything Ukraine asks for, we have to give them right now. Davy, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're out uh, at you're the welcome, moment. Paul. Thanks very much. Davy Proven there, the former Celtic and Scotland star, uh, joining us and paying tribute to the, the late, great Frank Connor. Uh, Craig, I know he was before your time, but um, he'd be around when you were a young player, but he was a real character. And your old gaffer, again, before your time, as I mentioned, Jock Wallace. But honestly, mm. to listen to the two of them, what a, what, what a great rapport they had. Yeah, no, look, I mean, so, I mean, 86 years, years of age, unfortunately, like yeah. I says, you know, as David touched on, we, we kind of, you know, the older we get, we, we're losing, losing great people yeah. to the game, but huge contributions to the game. And, and more importantly, but real characters, you know, when you go back through the years and, you know, these people had a huge influence on the game. Uh, it was done slightly differently, as, as Davey mentioned there as well. Uh, you know, at times maybe a little bit rough around the edges, but I think that that's what it was all about back, back in the day. But huge contributions to, to football. Very, very sad loss for, uh, obviously, no doubt, his family and friends and, and also Celtic Football Club. So our thoughts and, and well wishes are with everybody uh, behind him. What about the controversy? Shall we go there next, Craig? Down under. Yes, Are you surprised not? that both... It's not all fans, of course. I see yeah. some people say, hey, you know, neither um, section of the crowd that's at Celtic or yeah. at Rangers speak for everybody. Yeah. I, I've been surprised, but I think, you know, from a, an Australian point of view, this is going to be box office, 83,000 there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gutted it wasn't me that done the deal, Paul. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> Leanne nah. and I reckoned it would be you. <laughs> nah, it's, look, it's, it's, it's big business, obviously. The, you know, the, the, the commercial side to, to football clubs um, you know, is very important about being able to bring the, the money in. And uh, I think globally you look at Rangers and Celtic in terms of their brand uh, and that awareness. And I've kind of lived uh, in Australia for a long time, Paul, and, you know, Rangers and Celtic have got supporter clubs in, in every single city in Australia. Um, there'll be huge support for, for this match because, unfortunately, on the back of, you know, maybe the couple of years of COVID and not people not being able to travel, you know, maybe they, they don't have that opportunity to come over and watch their, their, their teams over here in, in Glasgow, in Rangers or Celtic. So to have that opportunity in Australia, uh, I think is... Um, you know, it's it, it's fantastic for the supporters in in, in that country. Um, look, I can understand a little bit in terms of some of the supporters getting um, their, their knickers in a twist uh, because can you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because Ange, in terms of the the um, the Australian manager, part of Celtic, um, them coming back to Australia. So then, all of a sudden, I think that. The Rangers supporters will feel as if they're kind of more like a bolt-on um, or, or in the shadows of this particular uh, deal. Um, but, like I said, for me, there are a lot of people in Australia that, um, you know, just the, the opportunity to see these teams. I've seen the, the, the kind of exhibition tournaments, Paul, for, uh, for quite some time in Australia. Um, I would love to see a competitive match. Uh, but these tournaments nowadays, they, they are, we spoke, speaking to Leanne offline, like they're, they're normally in preparation for something, you know, whether it be, you know, the, the pre-season. Uh, I know it's around about the World Cup time, but it's, yeah. big, it's big business, mate. It really is. It's a purse. It's almost like the boxing, Leanne, isn't it? Three million, apparently. 
which is around what you get if you win the title. Yeah. It's a huge amount of money. I mean, I do get it. The, the fans are having a go at each other. You know, then there's no such thing as the old firm, the Celtic fans. Some of them say that now. And Rangers are saying, wait a minute, this is a tribute to Ange Postacoglu. Why are we bolting on, as Craig said mm-hmm. just there? But it's a massive purse. No, this, uh, you will never please everybody, Paul. I think we, we yeah. see that in football all the time. I think what people need to accept is that the, the globalisation of the yeah. game has grown considerably in the last two decades. I think the marketing, the commercialisation. Football clubs are, are no longer just football clubs. They're brands. Um, it's the way that they market. It's the way that they make money. It's the way that they advertise. Um, all these games just now are, are streamed online. You know, people, clubs are quite happy and, and fans are probably quite happy to take money off supporters out with the UK that are paying you know, club TV fees to, to watch the team and follow the team. And I think all it does now is almost non-investment, but it gives an opportunity, as Craig says, to these fans that have perhaps missed out on the opportunity over a number of years to attend an old firm game, to travel back to Scotland, fans that perhaps would have did that on a regular occasion. Um, but you will never please everybody. And of course, every set of fans will have a different reason why it, you know there's a good thing about it and a bad thing about it. I personally think it's a good thing. You know, I've got friends over in Australia um, that are actually Hibs supporters, but I could only imagine the prospect of a, an Edinburgh derby over there and you know yeah. being able to see their team that they haven't seen for seven years, have not been able to get back to Scotland. Mm. Um, their enthusiasm, their love for their club has never changed. Yeah. So I don't see the difference um, now. Yeah. If you want to get political about it, then of course you could you could yeah. trip yourself up and roll it out. You'll have had your tea derby. That'll be the Edinburgh one, wouldn't it? (laughs) 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 Happening down there. Craig, there's a chance for you to get that one organised. Listen, um, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that just now. It is one of the talking points today. There's so much coming up. I mean, there's so much enthusiasm for this. I've got a message from Richard, who's in the Grenadines, uh, the islands there, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, uh, in the Caribbean, saying, hey, that'll be fantastic. Let's go to Sydney. So I've offered James that we could cover the game. And uh, it'd be a great one for you as well, Craig, to go back there and then maybe go to Qatar. Especially that time of year, Paul, you, you, you're starting to, you're moving into to the summer. Um, you touch on 83,000 uh, in terms yep. of the stadiums and, and they'll, they'll sell it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, there is a huge appetite, um, you know, for, for the likes of Celtic and Rangers. There's a huge appetite for that in Australia. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a, a great tournament. There's been a little bit said in Australia in terms of the, the, the two Aussie teams, mm-hmm. that Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC, but then you've yep. got MacArthur, a team that may be missing out. So, look, these decisions, there's always someone that's a little bit unhappy with, yep. with how it plays out. But Celtic and Rangers, they want to be these, these global powerhouses. Sometimes that means you need to go on the road. Who's going to go as the Scottish powerhouse? Who's going to be the champions by that time? We'll mm. find out over the next, what, 10 weeks or so. Nine games to go. Quick break and then we're back. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. Ukrainian FA ask FIFA and UEFA to postpone and delay the match with Scotland on the 24th of March. We'll bring you news on that when we hear uh, a decision from FIFA. But we would imagine that the game would be put back and Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore immediately said that would be the right thing to do given the invasion of Ukraine and so many of their players um, in the country and unable to travel and many of them helping what is really a war effort there in the Ukraine. Who could have believed we'd be speaking about that here in uh, the early days of March 2022 but that's the world at the moment um, and we'll bring you more news if there's anything in the next couple of hours and go radio news will keep you right up to date. Back at domestic matters, yep, and the football itself. Well, it's as you were uh, after the games last night. Celtic winning 2-0 at home. 
to St Mirren. Took them, what, 54 minutes to get the first goal. Cameron Carter-Vickers, we'll talk about that shortly. And then Callum McGregor, but Celtic getting the points. And Rangers, well, got off to a flying start. A goal in three minutes. Glenn Kamara. Here's the manager's assessment afterwards. Three points in the back and go home. Well, sometimes football is like that. Very tough game, as we said before the game. You know, a lot of duels, a lot of long balls. You know, the pitch wasn't uh, wasn't intended. We, we, we want to play our game, so we, we need to play it a little bit differently. I think the early goal lifted us up. You know, they were opening up after that. I think in the game, first half, you see a lot of chances after that to, to score. You know, Morales hit the post. Scotty had a, a shot from close range uh, over the bar. Second half, I don't think we could give a chance away. We had to fight but to, uh, to win this game, and we did. Craig and Leanne standing by. I'm at home because of uh, COVID the last couple of days, hopefully of it. That's why I'm uh, doing it here from uh, Lanarkshire. Let's go on the lines. Um, we'll go to Cumbernauld. And Craig is on the line, a Rangers fan. Craig, good evening. Evening, Paul, Craig, Leanne, how are you doing? Craig, good. How are you? We're good, thank you. How are you? You send a wee bit down, are you? but you got the points last night. Yeah, well, I think that the main thing is you get the three points, obviously, yeah. you know, um, it's important, especially when you're, you know, your rivals are at home, you know, against a, a, a say, but it's a mid mid table where you're expecting them to get three points. You know, you want to make sure you just get out of dodge with three points intact. <laughs> My big worry though yeah. is that over the last two games, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has only made one substitute. Mm-hmm. You know, he made one change against Motherwell, and that was with ten minutes to go. That was Ruth for Sakala. Last night, not a single change, and you could see that there, there's a bit of tiredness keeping in, you know, Balogun was clearly feeling his legs a bit, and I just don't understand why on earth, with all the games we've got coming up, he's taking that massive chance, because that's what he's risking if he, yeah. he, he, he can make five subs sure. in a game, right. and he's not mm. making any. All right. Let's put that to the manager, which we did after the game. Why no subs? Sometimes, you know, you, you change to, to, to turn things around or to change something. You know, I didn't feel we, we needed a change and, and just, you know, I was so focused in the game to get the win after 90 minutes. So, you know, I didn't uh, think about any changes. Let's ask Craig Moore first. Craig, what do you make of it? Yeah, look, I understand in terms of, you know, Rangers supporters thinking, you know, with the, still the amount of football that's to be played between now and the end of the season, we, you know, we need to utilise a squad and all those kind of things. But being a player, um, you know, sometimes having to come into a game late and, and it's 1-0 and there's still so much on the line within the match, it's very, very hard at times to, to adapt to, to maybe the tempo and the circumstances of, of the game. So in terms of not making any substitutes, um, you know, because, again, he's, he's probably he's, he's happy enough. He doesn't want to disrupt things. And at the end of the day, they're professional footballers. I mean, you know, they play 90 minutes and no substitution, and that's that's the way it is at times. But I think Giovanni would have just been um, happy with the way things are going and therefore not wanting to tinker um, or make any changes that could have had an impact, Paul, on the result. At the end of the day, come into the season, nobody's going to remember whether Rangers were brilliant on the night or not. As Giovanni says, it's three points back down the road. Leanne, what do you take on it? What was your take? Yeah, no, like... uh, think that you you can look at games I think the five substitute thing just now is a luxury um, and maybe that it seems more dramatic that there was no changes made because you could use five 
Um, personally, as a player, I think the five is too much at times. I, I think as a player on the pitch, if, Do you? Yeah. if you're part of a starting eleven, Paul, and, and effectively 50% of the, the team has changed from the start of the game to the end of the game, it's quite a lot of, of adaptation within the game to try and adjust to. Um, and also, you expect substitutes to come on at times and make a difference. But I look at the pitch last night, I look at the conditions, yeah. I look at the scoreline. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a game like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst alluded to that that you really needed to make change and, and more often than not it's actually tougher coming off the bench as a substitute to try and get up to speed and get used to those conditions rather than the 11 that start the game and finish the game so um, I understand the fans are perhaps looking at it and concerned as, as Craig mentioned as well uh, about the amount of games but look as a player I've said it before on the show you want to play games you would much rather play recover and play again than fill your time with training hours and unnecessary minutes in the legs so I think if the players that are on the pitch are actually having to just give their absolute all they rest they re- recover and they go again you, you sometimes get the best out of those players and I think what you've seen with Van Bronckhorst is there's consistency you know albeit it wasn't the result that Rangers would have wanted at the weekend the 2-2 draw against Motherwell but again it was limited substitution so I've heard a lot of people pundits speaking about um, trust in the squad and is yeah. there a lack of trust but Chris Boyd I, said it last night didn't he on Sky just, I, yeah. to me it just actually looks like he's probably content um, not rotating the squad too much and I actually yeah. think that was Steven Gerrard's downfall at times with Rangers that he changed it in moments yeah. in games that actually Rangers were then punished they dropped a hell of a lot of points um, in the latter stages of games and key moments at times so I suppose as a manager you can never really win and when it's as tight as, as we spoke earlier in, in terms of the table and how close that is with the points there's always going to be question marks over these decisions Are you even sorry Paul just to, to come in there just quickly Liam makes a great point in terms of we're talking about the impact that say for example Connor Goldson had last season that's because he didn't miss he didn't miss games he's consistency all the time you know he got that run of matches he, got, he gets that confidence I see a similar situation this season now, and I know he's played a little bit out of position, but he's grown so much, is Bassey. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just by, it's by regular football. And yeah. sometimes the, 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 the benefit that you can um, get as, as that footballer getting those minutes, um, training becomes the issue, not the games. Mm-hmm. The, the players are desperate to play the games. Yeah. Can we take anything from Celtic last night, though? Because they replaced, they were one up, so you know anything could have happened, but they brought on Rogic, Forrest and Beaton for O'Reilly, Abada and Hatati. So, Craig, do you read anything into that, Craig Moore? Uh, no, again, if you look at the, the result and, you know, Ange in terms of the, the way that, you know, Celtic look to play, uh, you know, you get teams that are going to make it extremely hard. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they sit deep, um, they, they, they defend extremely well, they, they, you know. The longer they can hang in the game, maybe they, they then try to be a little bit more adventurous, come back into the game. But at the end of the day, Celtic, they, 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 they win the game quite convincingly in terms of it's a 2-0. Carter Vickers gets his goal. McGregor uh, finishes uh, the business off. And, and yeah. again, Ange will be like delighted with three points, delighted with his uh, the, the application and the desire that the players showed to go and get three points. And well, that's the most important thing um, at this stage of the season. It is about finding ways... To, to take maximum points. Dust Craig, yourself down, next yeah. game. Craig in Cumbernauld, you would, uh, I would imagine, uh, hear Chris Boyd and others saying last night, what does it mean? Is there going to be a big changes in the squad in the summertime? Or what do you feel? Well, yeah, listen, you know, Craig's right in terms of it's about just getting results. The issue is we're not getting results consistently. You know, we've won, I think, four of the last eight league games. Yeah. You know, we've too many, far too many draws. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at Sunday there, for example, you know, We've waited for a long time 
actually for Celtic to go and drop some points in, in this league title race. And as soon as they do, we do not capitalise. Mm. And I think a lot of Rangers fans' frustration on Sunday and yesterday, probably the rub off of Sunday, was because it wasn't going to plan in that game. In the second half, we concede the first goal. He doesn't make any changes. We concede the second goal. He still waits, then makes one change, whereas he should have made a change probably 10 minutes before he did, when it's 2-1, make a couple of changes just to get fresh legs on and see the game out. Because that's what Celtic are doing. Make no mistake about it. I don't think Celtic have been playing you know, blistering football recently no. because they've not. You know, they've, they've scraped through a few results against Dundee and Dundee United. Yep. And even last Sunday against Hibs, if Hibs had had a striker who could score a goal, they might have lost that game. Mm-hmm. But we need to take advantage because we're playing Aberdeen on Sunday and we've already drawn the last two games with him. So, that's the concern here. But the I flip side, Craig, the flip side of that is, right, so Giovanni, then you go back to the European performance against Borussia Dortmund. And tactically, when, when Barisic picks up the injury, he goes to, to three at the back and he, he understands the game. He, you know, at the end of the day, I, I guess as a manager, you, you know, the, the way that you perform um, and the big calls you make within matches... Um, they're key. They're they're the making of of a big uh, a big manager. And uh, like I said, Giovanni, on another night, I think Rangers uh, go and win that. Uh, you know, the game against uh, St Johnston, two or three nil. As as he touched on Morelos, it's supposed Arfield had a couple of couple of sightings at goal. It could have been far more convincing on a on a heavy pitch. Um, but he'll just look to try and keep things tick- ticking over because there there will be a twist and turn. I, I understand your disappointment um, in terms of that opportunity to to close the gap to one point and, and being so dominant in that first half against Motherwell to to really not uh, finish that game off uh, and the kind of run for the second part of the season has not been unbelievable for Rangers. But there's no more mistakes, I think, that are allowed between now and the end of the season. I, I really feel as if it's... Um, You've got, to, you've got to be tight. You've got to do what you need to, to, to do to, to win games and make sure you, you take your three points. Leanne, what's the timetable this weekend? You always know when exactly the games are on because you're covering most of them. So Rangers against Aberdeen is a three o'clock kickoff. Yep. 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 Sure Livingston is. against Celtic Sunday. Well, that's 12 high, o'clock, yeah. At, at high noon. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge day, isn't it? Yeah, so the, games for... are, the, the games are coming thick and fast, Paul, and I think that's what what you need to remember. And in amongst that now, Rangers will have their, their European run as well that will continue. And, you know, it, that's excellent to see for any Scottish club to, to still be in the tournament mm. at that stage. Um, and, and there comes with that probably the element of risk. And we discuss that all the time, you know, can you bounce back from a European um, performance and go and get that domestic result at the weekend? I think what you see, if anything, from both managers just now is there's there's actually no panic. Um, yep. And at times, you know, changes, substitutions, drastic changes to a lineup can cost you long term. Um, what's happening just now is that results are almost balancing themselves out. Both teams have dropped points. Um, both teams will go on to gain points. There'll be a run-in of injuries. I'm sure players will lose. You look at the, the injury pile-up for Rangers just now as well with some key players, you would need to say. Jack, Hollander for me, certainly two big players missing from um, their lineup and last Ram- night. Ramsey still... Ramsey hasn't yeah. come in and made the impact that they thought uh, they would. And then Celtic have tweaked it at times and went with O'Reilly. They've they've went with Hitati and they haven't quite got the, the results in the performance, you know, going back to Hibs last weekend. So I think both managers are now getting to see exactly what their players are all about. And that will go right down to the wire in the, those final games. And as you said, back to this weekend. What was your tightest ever uh, championship, Leanne? 
it, I think only yeah. going back to, to 2020 was one of the closest um, for me, Paul. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a tough year anyway. It, it was on, it was off. Um, we lost a, a number of players to Rangers in the transfer window in December. The Rangers then beat us 5-0, um, I think it was, 5-1 possibly. Um, it absolutely battered us. And wow. we thought at that point probably the, the title race was could have been over um, but we managed to bounce back and we got the result later on in the season um, and got over the line but there was a couple of years before that in 2017 where it was just the odd point against Hibs and it came down to just a, a one-off match virtually against them which we knew was a, a title decider but the, they are the, the sweeter I would need to say there's been ones that you've ran away with um, that are you know you can relax and enjoy the moment but when you get over the line at that very last game and um, an opportunity it, it certainly does stick with you Leanne, you could be putting both Craigs there in the Royal Infirmary when you mentioned 5-0. You still won the title. Could yep. you imagine something like that? Because Rangers obviously play Celtic in just a few weeks' time uh, before the split. Craig, come on all, we're not trying to give you uh, palpitations there, but <laughs> see if you win it. And do you still think Rangers are going to win? Um, yeah, listen, I think I think we'll beat Celtic, I do. Uh, yeah. And then I think, because I, th I think it's going to come down to ultimately the old firm games because mm -hmm. they're not going to drop an awful lot of points to the other teams round about you know listen Celtic are away at a ground that to my knowledge they haven't won at since Livingston came up that's so right. yep. you know that's always a, there's every chance that can happen um, but it will in the end come to that because this is the thing you know yep. Celtic have a luxury that we don't right now yep. and that's that even if they do drop points they're still top of the league we're not, we're the, the chasers now, so we actually, there's more pressure on us to overturn that, because I think we need to get a, a four-point turnaround, and it seems to me, actually, when I look at recent weeks, if there's a rubber the Greek that they're getting right now, Celtic are getting a heck of a lot of it, um, when it comes to, you know, getting late yeah. goals or penalties that teams <laughs> should score and miss, or, you know, I mean, or even, you know, when they drop points, we're also dropping points, you know, that... Yeah, S That's Sunday was a huge a surprise. Yeah, Craig, listen, we're going to move on just now. Thanks very much for calling the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Speak to you soon. If you want to join the conversation, we've got Leanne Crichton, Craig Moore, Paul Cooney on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. It's the Thursday evening edition. Look at the way the weather's changing, Craig and Leanne. Certainly lightness. It's still light over Glasgow and the West. And it's great to see as we move into March. We'll be with you right till the end of the season. Who's going to win the title? Well, after last night, uh, Celtic winning 2-0 against St Mirren. Rangers 1-0 up at St Johnson. Other games last night, Hearts cementing that third spot. Hearts 2, Aberdeen 0. The Dons uh, diving down the table. Dundee and Hibs 0-0. Livingston a 2-1 win over Dundee United. Phenomenal run by Livy. We'll speak about that shortly. And Motherwell 0, Ross County 1. And as we mentioned, we'll talk about it in the next hour, seven teams in, in the middle of the table. And also, we're just thinking about it when it comes to the split, mm -hmm. which is only we're at game 30. So after game 33, it's the split. There are teams who might just miss out by a goal or two, and uh, they're in the bottom half, and they lose the chance of getting top six, and more importantly, into Europe. We're going to talk about that. But we heard from GVB earlier. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu. Celtic, two goal winners last night against St Mirren. 
Oh, look, I think we just had to stay really, um, you know, disciplined and composed in games like that. And we've had quite a few of them lately where, um, you know, teams sit, sit so deep. It can be easy to lose your composure, get anxious. But I thought we, we kept our composure and we knew in the second half, you know, they'd get tired, gaps would open up. We just had to be ready for it. And uh, so pleased for the players that they sort of stuck to the game plan and, and we got the rewards. Leanne, were you training last night? Did you? I know you'd catch up on the highlights, or were you in? With yeah, the, no, I was. I was yeah. training last night, Paul, but I did How catch up it? on it. Um, How was the training? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, just. I mean, we're in a tough run just now. A couple of poor yeah. results, but we're looking to bounce back. A tough game this weekend against Glasgow City, so we're preparing um, for that one. But certainly, uh, there's no expectations on us. So it probably takes a bit of pressure off sure. us, and, and hopefully we can start to get back up and running very soon. But no, I caught up in the highlights, and yeah. you know, listening to Ange Postecoglou speaking there, it was a disciplined and and composed performance from Celtic um, I think you could see though in the the reaction of the players at, mm. at 1-0 when Carter Vickers breaks the deadlock that not that there was a bit of anxiety around it but you, you can almost see in the players that a bit of relief and excitement around it because they, they celebrate it and you can feel the energy in the stadium because it is an anxious time now the thought of dropping points the, the fans feel it the players will certainly be feeling it um, but a 2-0 win and a clean sheet uh, you know Van Bronckhorst says it three points and up, up the road effectively uh, it's no different for Celtic and, and last night I'm sure it's a, another performance it's just a, a tick box exercise from them until the end of the season get the three points and as many of them as you possibly can and that great striker Cameron Carter Vickers Craig he took it so well I'll tell you what it was a great finish wasn't it that's excellent uh, wasn't it <laughs> yeah a great instinct you know just he obviously uh, comes from the set play which uh, Celtic yeah. would have been very happy with. Maybe they don't score enough from set plays, but mm -hmm. his reaction um, yeah. and finish was was certainly not one of a central defender, was it? It was no. it was striker esque. Um, and yeah. and as Leanne touched on, you could see, you know, from Carter Vickers, there was a, there was a, a kind of relief. You know, he he did kind of run about and celebrate because it was an important goal. You know, when you got teams that are set up to make life extremely hard for you and limit chances and getting that breakthrough. Um, is 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 vital because it gives your supporters that opportunity, and then you grow and go on and 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 do what Celtic did and win the game comfortable enough. But there's going to be a lot of nervy football between yeah. now and the end of the season, mate. Trust me. Yeah, Callum McGregor getting the second goal for for Celtic, and I mean, how often, Leanne? What what can we say about the the Celtic captain that we haven't already? He is uh, he's the mainstay of the Celtic success this season. He is. He's excellent. I think he's he's over round performances have been excellent I think the way he's led the team uh, has been so far probably um, impeccable just with I think his manner when you listen to him in interviews I don't think there's any arrogance around him I don't think he gets ahead of or above his station I think he's a really down to earth and, and humble guy when you think about what he's already won Big shoes to fill this season, certainly stepping in to replace Scott Brown after his tenure at the club and, and all the success that came with it. But I think Callum McGregor's performances just get better and better. And in, in different games, you see different types of performances. I think there's games that you see a lot of energy, drives the team forward. He looks to try and create. Last night, he goes and gets that all-important second goal. And it looks like a, a simple finish. But when you watch the build-up to the goal, he's reading the game all the time. He's anticipating... He's offering that support and balance in midfield and then he recognises that actually he's the, the player that can go and make a difference and go on the end of it. And I think that's where you see the real quality that he's got. Um, he's got that composure. He is disciplined um, and he certainly leads from, from the front. Who's playing the better football just now? If we look at the SPFL, because you could easily say, well, Rangers you know, against Borussia Dortmund two weeks ago. If we take that out of it, Leanne, what do you reckon at the moment? 
Is that a comparison you can make? Does it mean anything or is it just about the nine games to go? Honestly, I think it, it, it's now only about the nine games yeah. to go. Having been in that position in, in league title races and whatever else, I don't think, even as a player, I think the, the goals tally for Celtic could be significant yeah. come the end of the season. But I actually don't even think at this stage the players or, or either manager will be too focused on that. I think it's all about the three points. Now, it doesn't matter what that form looked like earlier in the season. It doesn't matter what the results were in the old firm games. Now, it's it's about moving forward, making sure that you, you don't let you know too much slip between now and the end of the season. Anybody that says that you, you're not paying attention to what's going on elsewhere is, <laughs> I don't yeah. think, being no. too honest um, because it's the first thing that you check. If it's a weekend and you know that you play before your opponent or they're on after, you're checking that result before you take to the pitch. You want every bit of motivation that you can possibly get. And I think that's why, as Craig said, there's going to be a lot of nervous football played now between now and the end of the season. Well, here's Ange speaking about nerves with the fans, maybe the team as well. How does he feel on that? Yeah, but that's the fans, you know. We, we, we can't be, um, you know, we can't be um, sidetracked by that. we just got to stay focused on what, what we need to do. Um, you, you know, they'll get behind us and you, know, you can understand their anxiety. Um, as you said, we're getting to the business end of the season, but we've always got to remind ourselves why we, we're in the spot we are at the moment. That was because, you know, we played our football focused on ourselves and we will continue to do that. Craig, last night, your uh, fellow Australian, Tom Rogic came back on mm -hmm. and uh, he played really well, didn't he? He was really influential when he uh, came on for O'Reilly. Yeah, and to be fair, O'Reilly has come in and, and also, I think, uh, has done very well for Celtic. But we know it, with Tommy Rogic, the the ability that he has, um, you know, playing in that kind of attack and space, he, he comes, he plays on the right side so he can come in on his left. He's very creative. He, obviously, he's got goals. Um He's been fantastic all season. Um, he's extremely happy, uh, which obviously has a, a huge impact on any player in terms of, you know, you're happy off the field, you're happy on the field. And, um, yeah, look, every game, Paul, like it says, that there's there's going to be resistance because, you know, teams are set up to try and make things hard. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But like it says, there is um, the belief, I think, in, in, in both Celtic squad and also, you know, the, the, the Rangers squad. And that belief is going to have to be there right to, to the very, very end because I'm not, not saying that I feel as if they'll drop points as in lose matches, but there'll be the odd draw too. That will definitely make this exciting leading into the next old firm uh, match and also then the split. What's he going to do differently? I'd like to ask both of you for the Livy game on Sunday. I mean, it is remarkable in many ways, isn't it? That they have been, you know, a bogey team for Celtic now for some time. We know they were out of the division for a while. Um, Craig, what are they going to do? Because it wouldn't be a shock if no, Celtic nothing, points there. Nothing different in terms of they want to try and obviously, you know, change that form or, or the record, obviously, that they've, that they've got. You know, Livingston have got an incredible record against Celtic. But, you know, in terms of the way that Celtic will, will look to go and play is, is, is no different to what we've seen all, all season under Ange. Um, you know, it'll be high, high intensity. Uh, he'll be trying to get the ball into to good areas, good attacking areas, and uh, and really try to test Livingston. And you know, if he can, if he can break down that defence and get that goal early, then you know, Livingston are on a, a fantastic run themselves. You know, you talk about the season that they're having, incredible. Um, you know, uh, so it look, it'll be a big test. Bruce Anderson uh, yep. is a player that has done very, very well for, for Livingston. Little fox in the box type of, of striker, you know. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he pounces on things. He takes up really good positions. Doesn't necessarily score spectacular goals, but he's always in the right spot. 23 years of age, yeah. 11 goals this season. Um, quite impressive. 
and his manager, Leanne David Martindale, saying he warrants a Scotland call-up. So could that fox in the box turn up for Scotland? <laughs> well, you could never rule it out, could you? I think Steve Clark will always be looking at players that are, are yeah. in form and scoring goals, I think, is, is the best way to get your name out there and be noticed. I think all Bruce Anderson can do is keep performing, keep scoring goals. I think he's at a club this season that he's found a bit of form. He seems to be happy. He performs well. He's caused teams numerous problems I think he's an all-round talent I think he works tirelessly for the team um, and as Craig mentioned he's also got age on his side so he's got many years of development and he, he can always get better I think Bruce Anderson will just be happy that he's actually been able to prove now to people yeah, yeah. the talent that he's got because consistency is probably what he's lacked over the, the last yeah. number of seasons so um, no, good on Livingston I think the run of form that they've been on is excellent um, I was a bit probably sceptical a number of months ago when David Martindale came out and said that he could absolutely guarantee that Livingston wouldn't get relegated you know mm-hmm. and that was at a point of the season where we all probably took a, a deep inhale <laughs> you yeah. know and thought yeah. well let's wait and see how it plays out so credit to David Martindale Marvin Bartley as we know there as well doing a, a magnificent job uh, and they'll have a real belief this weekend that they can go and take points again from Celtic but actually this weekend psychologically for both Rangers and Celtic it's a big weekend because Aberdeen have taken points off Rangers at Pataudry. Livingston have taken points off of Celtic already this season. So yeah, both yeah. sides will know that these are teams that can hurt them um, and that can cost them points. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the outcome of those matches are. Um, but it's great that we're speaking about Livingston that, you know, with the possible incredible. chance of an upset and yeah. the run of form that they're on with the prospect of, of nailing down top six as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting one as well. You touched on Aberdeen. I think they, they had a 2-2 draw also, I think, at, at Ibrox as well. Yep. Um, and it seems to be one of those games that Aberdeen have struggled for consistency they've struggled for results certainly their away form yeah. has been really poor and they were yeah you touched on it against Hearts yeah. last night they 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 just looked a team that, that ha, don't have a great deal of confidence it was more like yeah. let's just try and sit in defend and, and try and, and mm-hmm. try and hit on the break and until mm-hmm. Lewis Ferguson does something individually towards the end of the match to get the penalty yeah. unfortunately misses the penalty Aberdeen were really really poor yeah, no, they're struggling and I think that's something that Jim Goodwin will be looking to address. But I always feel that Rangers and Aberdeen, those matches are always quite feisty. Spice, There's yeah. always a bit of spice mm-hmm. to them. Um, I was at the, the game up at Pataudry, certainly, when um, there was a draw just that, that last yeah, month, yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Um, you know, and you could feel the, the atmosphere in the stadium and you could see what it meant to Rangers when they dropped points as well. So mm-hmm. um, a huge weekend in the title race. And you both know they do raise their game against, uh, well, Rangers feel that they raise the game against them, the Dons do. And we know the history between the clubs, mm-hmm. Craig. You've played yeah. in it many, many times. But, uh, yeah, that's coming up this weekend. There's loads more to talk about in the next hour as well, including uh, there's more controversy following uh, at Clyde. North Lanarkshire Council have written to the club to advise them they will not allow David Goodwillie into the stadium. I'm going to talk to you about that in the next hour. Um, there's some other headlines. Neil Lennon could be coming back into football. The Leighton Orient job, so he could be back in there. Um, Bruce Anderson we talked about there. Um, is he going to be in the Scotland squad? But the breaking news that we brought you at the top of the hour, and that's the hour has flown in, is that FIFA have been asked, along with UEFA, by the Ukrainian FA to postpone 
the game, the World Cup qualifier with Scotland, which is scheduled for Hampden Park on May and March the 24th. More about that in the next hour. That's coming up after the news. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Well, in the first hour, both Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore, they still think it's going to go all the way. Just nine games to go, three points in it. GVB afterwards last night, Rangers one goal victory. And he said, look, it's the points. That's the most important thing. And Rangers got the points last night. Three points. Glenton Kamara scoring after just three minutes. Paul Cooney on location here. If I've lost the voice slightly, it's because of the big news from down under. Craig Moore, what's happened? Neighbours, they're stopping filming in June. Oh, especially <laughs> for, the, for, for this tournament in, in, yeah. in November. In November. So, <laughs> sun on their backs at that time of year. Um, it's definitely... Um, yeah, everyone's got their yeah. own opinion on it, Paul, haven't they? You know, there's been yeah. a, a, a lot of people that are in, here in Scotland and unhappy with the, yeah. the the situation in terms of going out there, playing your your, your rival in a, in, a, in a friendly match. Is there ever such thing as a friendly match between Rangers and Celtic? Um, but again, I'm kind of thinking of the people that are in Australia yeah. that don't don't get that opportunity. And, and as I touched on earlier on in the show, the, the huge following for both Rangers and Celtic out in Australia and New Zealand, and they will come across for... For, for this particular match, it, it'll be um, it'll be massive. They'll feel, they'll feel they'll sell out eighty three thousand. If it was in Melbourne and it was a hundred thousand, they would sell it out. Tell the truth, Craig. Are you neighbours or home or away? Um, am I neighbours? <laughs> no, I, I think I was ah, no, neighbours. I yeah. was definitely neighbours back You're in the neighbors. day. Yeah. You seem yeah. pretty passionate about this, Paul. Yeah. Were you neighbours <laughs> or home right. or away? It's a worry. It's a worry. <laughs> and you got, you got it twice a day over here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to be in Sydney about five years ago after uh, leaving Capital. They took me over there and it was fantastic. I went to the cricket. I'm not a massive cricket fan, but we had uh, amazing time I at the Sydney Ramsey Cricket Street. Ground, which you'll know, Ramsey Street, yeah. Um, right, let's hear back to the managers themselves. First of all, GVB saying, yeah, it's the points that count. You score a goal and you are... You know, very ruthless in defending, you will win the game. But, you know, we could have won again with a greater margin. But, you know, I'm really happy with the points because in the end, you know, we, uh, we needed the points. Who stood out for you last night, Leanne, then looking uh, at Rangers? I mean, they started so well, they did have some chances. A lovely touch from Morelos for that first, well, the goal for Kamara. Yeah, I actually thought Alfredo Morelos and his link-up play was was very good. Um, you can see, I think he actually looks a lot sharper than he, he did at an earlier point in the season. I think he, he's hold-up play, he's a real nuisance. Um, I thought the touch for uh, Arfield was was lovely. And I think that's bits of yeah. Morelos' game that I don't think you always seen that. I think he was always 
about himself. There was a selfish side to him that it was more about him receiving the ball, getting turned, looking to try and get shots off. He looks more of a team player and he yeah. looks more involved with that. And at times that might be detrimental to the opportunities that he gets in the box. Um, but no, I thought you could see he works a, a whole back line. You know, mm. there's not many strikers that can do that. Even going back to his performance against Dortmund, I thought he was outstanding. You know, the, his physicality and his hold-up play. Um, as I say, the word is a, is a nuisance and that's what he does and he mixes his game up now. He comes in short, he then stretches in behind and he's always a threat and if you're a defender and, and Craig will agree up against that, you can never switch off. Mm. You know, And that was exactly what St Johnston did early on. They didn't get going. They weren't switched on it. They got dragged out of areas uh, and they were punished for it and it was Kamara with that third player running behind it. It was yeah. a lovely finish as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't know over the course if there's really... I thought Ryan Jack coming back in over the last number of weeks for Rangers has, has been a really strong performer yeah. and they've then missed him again mm-hmm. coming back out the team um, because I thought the balance with Jack and Lundstrom in those European games done really well, um, were excellent yeah, yeah, really, just really added well. a different dynamic and I think if anything that was the downfall at the weekend for Rangers was losing Jack and then losing Lundstrom for the middle of the pitch and putting him into the back line I think it's very different playing in a back three yep. as a central midfielder than it is playing in a back four mm-hmm. as a central midfielder and I don't know if John Lundstrom looked just as comfortable at the weekend um, but Alfredo Morelos he could be a, a huge player for Rangers certainly in the running Craig? Yeah, I, I can't disagree with, with Leanne. I, I think that, that Morelos um, just seems to be really enjoying himself, in, enjoying his football. I, I think it's probably the most relaxed mm-hmm. um, I've seen him in terms of, you know, he's, he's smiling and uh, even a couple of times I've been, I've been at Ibrox and they do, a, they do a walk pre-game and he's got a smile on his face and it, it's just mm-hmm. something that you hadn't seen before. I feel as if communication within the football yeah. club with Morelos... Uh, in terms of the Spanish speaking and all that, it's been a, um, an opportunity for Giovanni and, and, and Mackay to be able to communicate. So I think he's just in a far better place mentally. Um, physically, he looks, he looks a lot better. And we know how um, important his goals are for Rangers and have been for, for quite a number of years. But there's more to him. There's more to him than that. And, and Leanne, you touch on it. I mean, the... the Around the corner ball for for Kamara was 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 fantastic. Yep. Yeah. You know the the awareness to see the run to execute the touch the weight mm-hmm. uh, was 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 beautiful and he also with Arfield set him up earlier on so he's still their go to man Paul for me uh, Morelos for sure. What? One nil last night, but Scott Arfield came close twice. Yep. Especially the second one, which uh, Parish fair play to him. He Good got save. a fingertip to it, wasn't it? Good yeah. save, yeah. Just um, yeah, it, it was a great save because it was gonna he was gonna find its way in the bottom hand yeah. corner, but. Great touch and and seen it by by the post. So yeah, you can say it's a missed opportunity for for Scotty Arfield, but it was a fantastic save. Yeah, I, thought, I actually yeah. thought the the pass though that Aribo gave Arfield made it really tricky for him. He, he played it with outside his boot, and I was looking at it in the replay, and I'm thinking I don't understand why because it almost bobbled up as it came to Arfield. He then had to adjust his feet and get it out, and he probably should score and, and not give Parish a chance. But it's a wonderful save to put it round the post, and I think even looking back on it, um, it's really really marginal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really tough to even see the the touch on it. Yep. Um, but Arfield gives you that threat for Rangers in behind. Kamara gave you it last night as well. I think Ryan Jack in the moments that I've seen him, he actually looks like he. He's, he's playing higher up the pitch at times and yeah. looking to try and get involved and, and that must be something that uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is, is trying to instill yeah. in those midfielders Lundstrom getting on the score sheet in the European match as well Big goal for Kamara though as well because cause he's been in and out of the he's team struggled hasn't he yeah he's been yeah. in and out of the team you can see he's a little bit 
Confidence. Uh, yeah, a little bit of confidence uh, that comes obviously with, with playing matches and he hasn't been. So you can see he's kind of been a little bit out of sorts. Um, that goal will be um, a huge boost for his confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you touch on the, the R-fields, obviously those, those type of runs, you, you get that. Ryan Jack, I, I keep saying all the time, he is unique. Rangers don't have a, another player like him at that football club. He's so important and I think that they really, uh, or I personally believe that when, when he's not involved, you can really see that they lack that that presence that he has in there and really gets them playing and I think drives them forward as a team. He actually looks as if he's, he's come back better. Um, than when he was injured and he went out and he's been out yeah. for a long time but I think the aspect of his game like I mentioned those runs higher up the pitch supporting the play from a, a higher point I think he plays forward a lot more yeah. you know he, he probably had a role previously in a, a Steven Gerrard Rangers side where it was just that holding midfielder that moved the ball kind of side to side and kept yeah. things ticking over I think he actually plays with more of a purpose now Ryan Jack and as Craig mentioned he's got that almost authority um, and he's a huge miss is he going to be back for Saturday? Because Rangers could go back on to the same points as Celtic. Saturday mm -hmm. at three, Rangers against Aberdeen. Craig, uh, from a Rangers point of view, you'd yeah. love to see Ryan Jack available. I don't know if there's any word yet today mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. on his uh, injury. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I would. I just, Even just I, to I just add in, sorry, the Aberdeen element to that as well, I'm sure Ryan Jack will, yeah. will be desperate to well, get back for that as a game yeah. that he wouldn't want to yeah. miss. And mm -hmm. it probably yeah. adds that bit of edge to his performance. Yeah, yeah. It lasts. It's just really important because not only does he break things up and give, I think, the, the back four, back five, really good protection, is he actually gets Rangers playing. He is a positive player. He does want to pass the ball forward. No, he doesn't score loads of goals, but he puts himself in positions. He doesn't mind having a pop from yep. distance. Mm -hmm. um, for me, he's just he's one of those players that I think gives so many more in the team when he's playing. That energy and belief, I think, is really important. Difficult moment uh, between the captain and the goalkeeper at one point, Craig, which uh, almost ended up with St. Johnson's best chance. Just a, a misunderstanding. Yeah, the head, the head back. It? Yeah, yeah, it was a tricky one. You know, Alan yeah. McGregor kind of throws himself at it. Just mm -hmm. a breakdown again in communication. James Tavenier just doesn't quite get the contact. I think if he gets a yeah, better yeah. contact, it becomes yeah. easier for Alan McGregor. But yeah. no, certainly a scary moment. And I actually thinking back to... Um, Craig's co the call from Craig earlier on, speaking about the mm. Rangers team and the changes and... I think Alan McGregor's been a, a player as well that's he's come under a, a bit has. of pressure over the last number of weeks, which yep. is uh, unusual for him. He, question marks over his performance. Should he remain in the team? Should mm -hmm. he have been dropped off the back of a couple of perhaps bad decisions, cheap goals by by his standards? And I think when you, you, you don't change the team in front of him as much because I think you're looking to try and get confidence back in Alan McGregor. Not that he lacks it, but I think there'll be question yeah. marks there over himself yeah, yeah. because he, he comes across to me as a guy that sets his, his stall out and his standards very high. Um, it's clear how much Rangers mean to him. And uh, I think the performance of his season last year, wasn't it? It was almost of the highest standard. So to drop anything below that will, will be a hard hit on him. Yeah, no, so that's probably been a little bit disappointing for him because, as you touch on, Lenny, so so driven, obviously loves the club, wants to do mm -hmm. well, wants to su uh, succeed this season in front of fans that uh, obviously yeah. wasn't there last mm -hmm. season. Uh, but he has made mistakes this season uh, and, and therefore... What do you put that down to, Greg? What... Is it confidence with him? Is it a bit of inconsistency with the players in front of him? Uh, or is it just a, a poor run of form that all players can? Yeah, can I, I go think through? it doesn't matter what age you yeah. you, you are in in this sport. You know, you can you can make mistakes and it can. Is it, they've uh, been uncharacteristic though of Alan McGregor, really, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. Can yeah. I ask you both? Sorry, what about the incident with James Tavernier? Then the tackle and Ali Crawford. He went off injured. There was a, a, a yellow card there. Craig, what do you make of it? Should it have been a red? 
Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know whether it should, it should have been a, a red or not. I was obviously at, at a different game, so I've seen bits and pieces, but I didn't right. really see the, the, the tackle, Paul, to, to comment fairly on it. Yeah, I can jump in on that. I don't think it looked good. I think when you, you've seen it in real time, I don't think anybody would have seen it as bad because there didn't look to be malice or excessive force. I think when you slow it down and you look at the replay and you look at where the contact is, it's above the ankle. And nowadays, the laws of the game, it could have been a red card, Paul. You know, if the referee had seen it um, in plain sight and that was exactly what he thought, there would have been really no question marks over it. Could James Tavenier perhaps have, have dipped the foot through the challenge and not made the contact only he will know that it certainly didn't look good uh, and it's an, it's certainly a contact that could have caused a serious injury and there's been so much chat about VAR and yesterday we heard from John Beaton and uh, obviously Crawford Allen was speaking yesterday so VAR is coming it'll be ready for next year and it will cost about £120,000 for each SPFL club, all 12 of them. But, Leanne, I know that you think it's uh, it's inevitable. We have to get VAR. Yeah, we do, because if nothing else, we need to support the referees. Yeah. If you talk about a player going out and playing under pressure, uh, in pressure moments in front of big crowds, with, with the possibility of being scrutinised for the next <laughs> number of weeks and <laughs> over their performance, a referee is the exact same. Mm. Every time they take to the pitch... They are subjected to abuse, criticism, scrutiny. That must be horrible as an individual to have to deal with that um, when you don't have teammates around you to, to almost keep you going. So I think they need to be upskilled. They need to be improved. They have to be given the best opportunity to make the right decisions. I think what we have seen, going back again to the Rangers-Dortmund game, that referees don't always then, I think, get it right with mm -hmm. VAR. Mm -hmm. But you're probably going to rule out you would hope around 90% of the decisions that um, are wrong just now. And I think that's really important. I think it gives the clubs a peace of mind to know that there's going to be an opportunity to review situations. I don't think it'll be plain sailing because I think it's going to take the, the Scottish referees a bit of time the same yeah. way it did across the, you know, the other uh, leagues that we've seen it and European competitions, a chance to get up to speed with it and get used to it and the timings of it, which people don't like. It slows down, you know, it's a couple of minutes on these checks. But I think it'll be, it's got to be for the greater good of the, the Scottish game. Well, one, one thing yeah. I think, Paul, with, with VAR is, is we know that in terms of offside... There's clear and obvious. There's, there's, there's clear and obvious. Yeah. There's no sure. doubt. So how many how many goals you know throughout a season here in Scotland without VAR and you know yeah. you, you're hoping that the officials and that's very very tough. Let's be honest, mm. you know, because if referee's not in, a, in an unbelievable position and then you got you know a, a player making a forward run and a defender coming out the way you you know for a, for a, an assistant referee also very very tough. VAR cuts all of that out. There's obviously certain other parts of of the game that are still down to interpretation. Mm. You look at the Morelos goal, yeah. uh, sorry, where the the, the Dortmund incident, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, that, 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 that's with VAR and Emre Chan <laughs> probably goes down a little bit light. Um, yeah. yeah, so look, it, there, there's yeah. still a little bit there up for interpretation, but for the referees, the offside rule, there is no doubt. Do you know, and the Go Radio Football Show next season, I can imagine us getting calls saying, we long for the days when a goal was a goal. You know, you knew it was a goal. You could celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. often they'll have to say, hold on, VAR. Mm -hmm. But in England, it, it's getting better, isn't it, Leanne? I think in, it took a couple of years. Uh, I know Crawford Allen was saying they're ahead of the game in terms of the training of referees, mm -hmm. and they're up for it because we're falling way behind for the referees as well and for our game. No, you know, we, are, it, we are. I think yeah. in English football, even now, I think yeah. it's, it's, we're almost the, the, forgot, the forgotten yeah. nation mm -hmm. because teams speak as if 
you know, not having VAR was a thing of the past, but we're actually still operating without it. So it puts everybody at a disadvantage. I think when you ask Scottish players, um, look at Rangers and Celtic operating in Europe, they don't have it domestically VAR. They then need to adapt to having it in those moments which it takes a bit of getting used to. I need to say that, having been subjected mm-hmm. to it myself, it, it, it took a bit of time and it does have you thinking differently as a player. And then the moments that the game stops, you have to almost keep yourself in that mental state where you're ready to go regardless of what yes. the decision looks like. Um, then you have the fans on the, the cases of the referee. So it's by no means going to be seamless. Let's not get that wrong. There will 100% be moments next season, Paul, that we'll discuss. Should the goal have stood? Was it actually offside? Yeah. Was the point going from the shoulder Can or the knee or the foot? The yeah. time is a big one. So there's going to be all these things, but it's reassuring to know that the referees and the training is, by all accounts, ahead of the game. And, you know, as I say, for, for their benefit, um, not that I'm always the first one to jump to the defence of the referees, but certainly, I think you're a bit they, hard they, on them yeah, I think they sometimes. deserve it though yeah. <laughs> they deserve it yeah. no they do they do yeah, um, no but I think as I say yeah. you've got to give them um, every tool yep. possible to make the best mm. decision well they both won last night Rangers winning at St Johnson Celtic uh, winning at home to St Mirren we'll hear from Ange Postacoglu after the break headlines at five tonight Ukraine have requested our upcoming World Cup playoff with Scotland on March the 24th be postponed they've asked FIFA and UEFA and I thought Craig and Leanne you had a great comment at the beginning of it we will do I'm sure uh, whatever is decided on it but it's hard to see that game going ahead at the moment and we know bringing it back to I mean nothing compares with it we could just stop the conversation there I think there's no question but of course, we were due, if we were to beat them, to play five days later then in a playoff. But that can all be sorted, can't it, Leanne? Whatever happens, we want to do the right thing. Absolutely. We'll get there. And I know the women's yeah. side were due to also play yeah. Ukraine in uh, their World Cup qualifying matches in, in April as well. So I'm assuming there'll be a tweak to that schedule as well. But no, absolutely, we need to support Ukraine in, in every way possible if it takes the, the pressure off them in a footballing capacity and allows them an opportunity to fulfil that fixture at some point. I think Scotland need to do that. We're going to take a break. And then afterwards, Craig Moore, his tightest ever title race. I think know what it, what it is. And uh, Leanne and Craig are here for your calls. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney in location in the heart of Glasgow and the Gobbles. Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore. Craig, in a moment or two, will tell us his tightest ever league race. We've got a tight one this year, haven't we? Only three points in it, nine games to go. Celtic have a 10-goal advantage on Rangers, so it's tight. As we go into the weekend, and it's going to be Rangers-Aberdeen, three o'clock on Saturday. Livingston against Celtic Sunday at high noon. And some other great games as well. We'll talk shortly about the seven teams in the middle who could who mm. could still get into Europe for next season. And yet the split is only three, four games away. Let's hear from the man sitting at the top of the table, three-point gap. It's the Australian Ange Postacoglu after the two-goal victory last night against St Mirren. I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm not uh, you know, sitting here indifferent about the way we're going. I think, you know, like I said, there's a clear focus in the way we want to play our football. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you kind of slow things down or take the, the foot off the pedal. It just means playing our football, not, not changing our approach or, or trying to do things differently because we haven't had the outcome we want straight away. We keep talking about the fact that, you know, don't, don't be chasing the goals or the result. Just play our football and those things come to us. And I think that's what we did today. 
Craig, he appears to be laid back, mm. but he's saying, don't, don't mistake that. I know the BBC reporter on the telly, I think, said to him something about the result, not a great performance. Or yeah. It's always dangerous to say that to a manager, can I tell you? <laughs> I let kinda... them tell you. Yeah. you know, let them say, what did you think of the performance? Let him say. When you say, you'd be disappointed with it, or whatever it was he said, it's an invitation for the manager to uh, have a field day. And the look was an, it was a look before the actual <laughs> answer. It was like, are you, are you yeah. serious? We're well, obviously watching yeah. a different game. I think it's really interesting because Paul, when you listen to Ange Postecoglou talk after any match, it's all about you know the the, the philosophy, their style of play, and 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 sticking to that. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's he's not gonna he's not gonna make changes tactically. Where when you look at Giovanni Van Broncos, for example, is the one that will maybe. You know, tinker with a formation, maybe make changes to the formation um, to get a different reaction that way. Mm -hmm. But Andrew's very, very clear, uh, and no surprise for me. Obviously, knowing um, him and and how he how he works, is that this is the way that we play, and it's really, really important to him. And I think that comes through. Whereas, <laughs> you know, at this stage of the season, I'm sure you've got supporters saying. Don't care how we win. Let's <laughs> let, let's just win. Let's just get get three points. And you know we've touched on it a, a few times throughout the show today that the nerves between now and the end of the season there there's going to be some nervy moments within football matches, um, and 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 these big moments, these goals that can can sort of like settle not only the team but uh, the supporters as well because you get supporters are a little bit nervous and you got fifty sixty thousand. Mm -hmm. What what an impact that can that can have <laughs> yeah. on you as well. Yeah. Oh, they're getting grumpy, aren't they, the supporters? Not all of them, but many of them all getting exercised about you know, what's happening in Australia later in the year. And maybe that's part of it as well, that uh, it's tight at the top. But it, you know, if, if you're a Rangers fan, yeah, the 25 points last year mm -hmm. was remarkable. But that's almost once in a lifetime, Leanne, isn't it? To, to get 25 points turnaround. You know, yeah. In fact, they were so far behind Celtic the year before. Um, yeah, it's just it is phenomenal. So you told us you're the tightest two years, I think you mentioned, for Glasgow City. Craig, for you, I think we might know what it is, but you're, you're famously not great at remembering the years, but this one you do. What yeah. was your tightest title run-in? The, the tightest was a, it was a treble winning season, Paul, 2002-2003 season. Uh, it was the season yeah. where I believe Chris Sutton may have come up with some, uh, some choice interview after... Um, Not like him. <laughs> after uh, after Rangers, uh, we'd gone on to win the the title by yeah. uh, a goal, um, a late Mikel Arteta penalty, Abrox uh, six one yeah. against them. Firmland, I believe we might have even been one nil down in that game. Yeah, because um, yeah. yeah. it was Kilmarnock as well, Celtic, wasn't it? Correct. So you, you were in Firmland. Yeah. So the, but this one, obviously, if you, if you talk about going to the wire, uh, goal difference, yeah. one goal. I mean, that was that was extreme. Uh, but it was it was just funny funny in terms of not funny ha ha but the, the the last five or six games it was like I think Celtic also had the belief as what Rangers did it was like we knew that we were going to win the remaining matches it was just by how many goals yeah. and, and and that's what it, that's what it went down to to the, to the very end of the season so that was the tightest that was the tightest mm -hmm. 2002 2003 season for me so you talk about it now with obviously great affection and almost casually about it but at the time was it getting to you I mean, Celtic were obviously on their way to the UEFA Cup final. Um, yes. And there's maybe parallels with this year, you know, with uh, Rangers yeah. doing so brilliantly in yeah. the UEFA Cup or the, the Europa League, as it's now called. Yeah. But when you think back, 
Was it a was it a moment when you got really nervous, or what were the tactics? I, I was, the I was manager? nervous. I was no, nervous right. every match. <laughs> I had yeah, to make sure I had a breathing pattern uh, that get me onto the field <laughs> without being sick. Um, but really, when, yeah? yeah. What was your pattern? Don't yeah. do it live on the radio, but give us a hint. No, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I really had to focus, Paul. You know, to make yeah. sure that you know I was breathing properly and, and and just getting through that those nerves that I had every time. I certainly when I played at, at Ibrox. Yeah. But you right, know, James has got not, the camera on you. We'll put it in the socials. Yeah. Yeah, big deep, um, deep yeah. breaths. But once a once a whistle, once a uh-huh. first whistle went, it was incredible. It was just like all of a sudden it was game on, and mm-hmm. and whatever nerves or feelings I had mm-hmm. uh, disappeared. But um, yeah, uh, players and their nerves and mm-hmm. uh, how you manage them. It's interesting, Paul, that when you you look at um, Rangers then in two thousand two two thousand three, that Celtic were on that European run and mm-hmm. Celtic pipped them to the title and the same in 2008 um, when Rangers went in that European run and Celtic won the title it does just then make you wonder you know when we ask the question all the time how much does it impact will this European run if Rangers were to progress through you know it's another four games uh, within the space of you know Celtic's probably only playing four maybe five or six games Mm -hmm. Um, will that be telling on the title race? What do you think Leanne? I, I think when you when you look at it now and probably the injuries and the players, like we've mentioned, Ryan Jack missing, uh, Philip Hollander, who I don't even think he was in the European squad no, right enough. So, you know, it just depends, I think, who you keep fit and, and how the games mm. go, um, whether it's positive results and you come back with that buzz mm. and, and desire to get back into the domestic duties or it's a heavy defeat and you need to keep yourself ticking over until the following week. Psychologically, it can work both ways, mm. Um, mm. but it's just interesting that in both those occasions and certainly one that Craig came out and top on, um, you know, that Celtic were also in that European run mm. that season. Because it could be quite, and it could be a great year for your old team Rangers in town tonight. Um, well, some of your old managers, Alec McLeish, Dick Advocat, and uh, Graham Sunnis is in town as well with Jim White uh, in a night tonight and tomorrow. And Jim was on last night talking about that and other things. Barry's going tonight. Are, are either of you going to uh, it? Greg? I, I, I did get a late invite, but uh, I'm going to body. Late. I'm going to body swerve that one tonight. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few big names there that I'm sure they'll be able to handle themselves. Um, yeah. some, some great names there. I'm sure there'll be some some great great stories. No, but it's not like Barry Ferguson, is it? To be at a, a dinner, <laughs> a free meal and a glass of wine. That doesn't sound like Barry. Yeah. <laughs> he was a great for last night. You mean? <laughs> yeah. He was in the studio last night with Davy Proven, and of course, I'm in the house um, in Lanarkshire just because yeah. of the COVID, which is fine. But you know, it, you can hear it's a bit. Different. And he said, "Oh yeah, Paul's in his in his estate in Bodwell. I am in my estate in Bodwell. It's called the Bovis Houses. It's a, it's a cracking wee terraced house. So uh, just to put that uh, on the record for Barry, who'll be with us tomorrow night with Mark Guidi, who also hosted Monday and Tuesday night. Now these are these are great nights. I know there was what nearly three thousand in the Armadillo the other night, and it was great to hear uh, Jim on speaking last night about it, about talking about everything. Uh, Mark put uh, John Hartson and Stephen." Reagan on the on the line on Tuesday night mm-hmm. and Leanne and Craig I want to ask you just nine games to go um, I think everyone almost went with Rangers at the start of the season yeah are you staying with your old team Craig or do you want to change no I do not want to change I know you don't want to change do you think you should I would I would say now in terms of who are the favourites I mean clearly Celtic are the favourites now they have the uh, the three-point margin. Um, 
and, and they're, they're the ones that are sitting at the top of the, uh, the table at this moment in time. A uh, lot of football to be played. The, the next Old Firm uh, game, obviously, at Ibrox, I believe, yes. early yes. April 3rd. Yep. Um, that, for me, is an absolute belter of a game. Massive. Uh, and that, um, you know, could be the difference in terms of, you know, Rangers getting back into this title race. Or, or Celtic may be going on with a job. But I, I've got to stick with Rangers. I, I set them at the start of the season. I still feel as if there's a possibility, but they're, they're not favourites now. Leanne, what do you reckon? Honestly, Paul, I've got no idea. As I say, I think it, there'll be many... <laughs> there'll be, sit on the fence, yeah. there'll, be many, there'll be many twists and turns. If you're asking me to set myself up yes. now for an entire fail with nine games no. to go, yeah. um, I, I won't be roped into that. I don't know what the guys said earlier on in, in the yeah. week. Um, I think it's probably a bit easier when you've certainly got an alliance with either side. Um, but no, I think it's going to be really exciting. Let's hope it does get right down to the wire. Let's hope it is a um, oh. another helicopter Sunday that the season finishes because certainly as a pundit being across those games and the run-in for these next nine, um, it's going to be quite incredible. But you know your football. You really, you know, you play it at a high level. You're incisive. One of them's going to win it. Which mm-hmm. one do you think? Because yeah, you need <laughs> pushing, push. he's pushing. It's, it's not, <laughs> Leanne, and it's not. It's not a crime to say because I know everyone. No, wants no. To say, oh, listen, that means... Celtic just now are, are the favourites. Undoubtedly, you know, three points. I think the goal deficit is an extra point when you look at it. If you're sitting at the top of the table with a four-point deficit with nine games to go, um, you absolutely must feel you're the favourite. You know, mm-hmm. so I think now it's Celtic's to lose I think it's over to Rangers to go and respond looking at their next run of games uh, it probably swings in Rangers' favour if they're going to try and overhaul that um, points deficit before let's say the last two or three games of the season they've got Aberdeen at home they've got Dundee at home they've got Celtic at home and then there's St Mirren away in amongst that they'll have European games Celtic are away to Livingston they're away to Dundee United they're at home to Ross County and they're away to Rangers that's some four games Rangers Rangers have yeah. to have to win the next Old firm match to have a chance yeah. of winning the title. Come back to us after that, Paul, and I'll give mm-hmm. you an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leanne Crichton, you're still in the dock. I ask you one more time. You're on Go Radio on the football show. No, I know people get so exercised about it. It's just we're asking, you know, what's your honest opinion? And, and sometimes maybe you don't know. But I heard Mark going the other night with uh, Stephen and saying, no, but you have to give, give us an opi- give us an opinion. You're a pundit. Um, Mark and, was only saying that because he was hosting the show. That's right. It would have been very emboldened. different if he was yeah, on the receiving end of that question. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I'll ask him tomorrow night. Yeah, get so, him on the spot, absolutely. Yeah, who is it going to be? Rangers? Or Celtic. <laughs> so it's helicopter Sunday. In fact, get Neil Donka- Neil, get the helicopter ready. Where's it going on the day? Well, we don't know the fixtures yet, so that's your get out. Um, Leanne Crichton, Craig Moore, and loads of your calls. 0808 17 17 700. And you've got a game this weekend, of course. Motherwell against Glasgow City. Who are the favourites to win the women's title this year? Because uh, Rangers have been going good guns as well. They have, yeah. Glasgow City won their game last night against Aberdeen, so they're now a point clear. Rangers have got two games in hand, so for me it's in the hands of of Rangers. I think they've been really strong this season. They'll play each other again, so it might come down to that head-to-head if um, any points can be taken in between times. I think Celtic, as much as they've fallen away from the title race, they've certainly taken points off of both sides at, at different points over the last number of years so there is still the potential for Rangers to drop point I would love to see Glasgow City still retain it but I think yeah. at some point we've got to accept that there's a, a serious challenge coming from um, 
Rangers and that might be this season. And, and so Leanne, with that challenge, we were speaking a little bit earlier, it's really positive but for women's football now right? because is. Glasgow City have been dominant mm. for many, many years. It's important for the women's game that there, there, there is that improvement from other clubs. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, when you look at the sustainability that Glasgow City have had over the last number of years, 14 titles you know, since the club was established back in um, the 90s, Laurie Montgomery and, and Caroline Short have been excellent with the club. I think even if they were to lose the title this season, they would bounce back stronger for it. I think when you look at the brand of Rangers or Celtic, um, it, it could be it could be really good for the the women's game in Scotland because I think Glasgow City have dominated for so long. But certainly, when you've got that loyalty to the club for the, the number of years that I did, you wouldn't yeah. ever like to see them um, be knocked off the top. Unless, of course, it was Motherwell that, that managed to, to do that in the next number of seasons. <laughs> it would be a different yeah. conversation. And Leanne, one of the other headlines today. So North Lanarkshire Council have written to Clyde to say they will not allow David Goodwillie into the stadium um, for, well, in the future. Yeah. What, what's your take on it? Obviously, there was a lot about it at Wraith Rovers a few weeks ago. He's gone back to what was his club beforehand. Um, but now the, the, the owners of the stadium are saying, no, he, he can't come into the stadium. What do you feel about it? Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of chat around it, Paul. I think today there's probably a bit of confusion for people that are saying, you know, why was David Goodwill allowed to play there for five years? Mm. I think at North Lanarkshire that things are changing there. I think the ownership of the stadium has, has changed between North Lanarkshire Leisure and North Lanarkshire yeah. Council. There's a bit of an overhaul and review going on there. So I can only assume that that's got something to do with their decision. On the situation itself, for me, nothing changes. Um, I'm probably just a, a bit relieved that in the last five years that a voice has now been heard. I think the people that spoke up in 2017 were were drained out and washed out by the people that felt yeah. it was appropriate. It's it, it wasn't ever appropriate, so that argument for me is, is the one that frustrates me the most just now, that, that people feel that a lot of folk were silent and, and haven't been bothered that he was at Clyde and whatnot. It's a really tricky situation. Um, I don't think any of the clubs involved in it have painted themselves in glory. I don't think they've dealt with it at all well. And I think there's been a lack of consideration for actually the female that was involved yeah. in this. And I think that's what people forget. Um, we are footballers. I think you're, you're expected to be a role model. People look at you for that, you know, and to set a good example. And I don't think, as I say, any of the clubs or... David Goodwillie has been a positive role model in this instance. If there's contrition, would that make a difference? And that's in the, state, the statement from the council. They say they believe in rehabilitation and his services which provide it. Would that make a difference? I'm just trying to see if there's a way out of it and a way forward. Yeah, I think for the last probably five years, that's what, what people yeah. have hoped. That um, I, I personally, I'm all about rehabilitation. And, you know, if, if people show remorse for... Um, Bad decisions, um, certainly being caught up in, in a situation like David Goodwillie was. But sadly, that hasn't happened. And I think that's the frustration now is that there has been no remorse. That therefore makes it impossible to rehabilitate him as an offender because he doesn't see himself as an offender. And, and that's the biggest thing. And um, people are, are looking to, to, to clutch on to comparisons and whatnot. But for me, I think I take my job as a footballer really seriously. I take my position and the influence that I have on young people very seriously. Um, I'm proud to be a woman working in a male-dominant environment. And for me, the decision-making processes just now need to remain as is. It's not acceptable. It never was acceptable. And that's the way it will remain. 
and Clyde Ladies also confirmed they don't want to be associated with, with him and uh, in this current circumstance. Leanne, you're always a really strong voice. We've got huge respect for you and thank you uh, for speaking about it here on the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, quick break and then we're back. And we're going to be looking specifically at uh, oh, the rump seven teams separated by just five points. That's coming up next. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Final section of the Go Radio Football Show with Paul Cooney in the Taxi Centre and uh, Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton. Is the quadruple on for Liverpool, Leanne? What do you think? A win last night in the Cup. So they've won the, the League Cup, the Carabao Cup. Uh, they're in everything else. Could they do it? Because Man City have been most people's favourites mm -hmm. for the title for a while. I would love to see it, Paul. Yeah, I yeah. love Liverpool. Um, they're the team that I'm always across, especially in English football, watching them over the years. Uh, I think it'll be tough for them. You know, I think Man City are still going to um, be right up there. You know, leading the way certainly in the the title race, but mm -hmm. not that an outstanding team. Just incredible to watch. I just love everything about them. Uh, I love Jurgen Klopp and, and the way he conducts himself, the way he celebrates yeah. uh, with the fans at the end. Uh, but it's going to be some achievement, isn't it? If you could go and pull that off, be a huge, huge task. But you you wouldn't be surprised if they, if they put they've if got they the quality in their side ah. to do it. You know, and I think they've got the belief to do it. Um, but that's not always enough. No. Are they going to do it? Are you not going to tell me? <laughs> hang, on, hang on, how long we got left? How long There's a theme to get here. The There's a theme. <laughs> I'm going through every division. James, stand by with all the... T no, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's a great title run-in. Do you think they'll do it? Well, 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 what is it now? It's, it's, six, it's six points, but, but Liverpool have got a game in hand. Game yeah, in that hands. could end up being three points. Liverpool can win the league. There's no doubt about that. Quadruple yeah. is, is massive. Sure. But absolutely, Paul, they can achieve it. I'm going to put my neck on the line, right, and say that they can do it. Well, um, and we'll yeah, wait for the next 10, 15 they minutes. They can. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. Yeah, nah. No, I actually think that Man City will do enough to, to go over the line yeah. with the league, if yeah. I'm being honest. I would love to see, uh, again, yeah. you know, be clawed back yeah. and, and Liverpool really sure. to keep the pressure on. But I, I think with the, the form that Man City have shown this season as well, I think they'll oh. be difficult to overcome. I want to throw a few things at you. Mm. Ryan Fraser, nominated for Player of the Month. Remarkable turnaround. Uh, Leanne, do you think we could see him back for Scotland? We know it looks as though we won't be playing later this month. Mm -hmm. But is there a way back? Because Stevie Clark, I mean, he let us down before. Yeah. Um, but could he be back? No, I think there's always a way back. You know, I think football changes really quickly. I think even looking now, this fixture is, is going to be delayed um, and probably postponed until a later date you just hope that all those players that could have been involved in, in this cycle yeah. of the international window are then available the next time that game comes round that's something that Ryan Fraser's probably struggled with one form but injuries over the last number of years so he's been in and out of squads but I think he's a real threat I think he's a real asset to have um, his pace and direct play certainly offers you something different He's been used in probably different positions, wing-back being one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. And you just never know. But I think he's a player that gives you that threat going forward as well. I think he, he linked really well with Lyndon Dykes, if I remember on occasions, playing off the front as well. And he gives you that, um, as I say, pace in behind stretches, a back line as well. Runs. He's willing they're, they're, to get in behind. They are the toughest players to play against. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the ones that are unpredictable and that do have that pace that can cause you problems. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully he can sustain the, the form that he's in just now, certainly. And by the way, Paul, what a run they're on as well, New Newcastle. Oh, 
Uh, yeah, frightening. I think you're just looking at their results here. Like it's gone, you know, seven seven Premier League matches without defeat. Yep. Um, Eddie Howe nominated for manager of the month along with Mikel Arteta, yep. Klopp, Guardiola. Yeah, kind of mate, done a now, but yep. very very good job. And, <laughs> and uh, not a lot of people would have seen that no. coming. Really, no. even at the point that Eddie Howe took over at Newcastle, you know, results were then hard to come by, and mm-hmm. um, they certainly have turned it around in a short space of time. There is a rumour that it was uh, Craig Moore yes. that stymied that one. Because yeah. remember, we were all in Eddie Howe watching the M74, <laughs> Glasgow Airport and yeah. all the rest. And he never came. I said, and Eddie, came I said to Eddie Howe. Yeah. Okay, Eddie Howe, Joe Ellington's got a little bit more flexibility. You, can't, you, you don't have to just play him as a nine only. <laughs> <laughs> and who is going to win the championship? So are both a draw again the other night. They're mm-hmm. part-timers. They've been amazing. But Kelly, although they lost last night to Wraith Rovers yeah. in the... Uh, the SPFL Trophy Cup. Yep. But Craig, what are you thinking? Is it Kelly's name going to be on this? Yes, yes. I mean, but our both have, have been yeah. incredible. What a breath of fresh air they, they've been. And the, the job that Dick Campbell's done there is phenomenal. But unfortunately, I do think that Kilmarnock are going to come over the top um, and, and, and win the championship. You know, you, you touch on uh, Derek McInnes and, you know, obviously a, a defeat in the, in the semi-final last night, the Cup. But... Um, think he's done a really good job I think he has that experience and just they have an advantage because they're full-time mm-hmm. Leanne what do you sense in fact you're at the game on Friday night is yeah it, um, I'm there yeah. at Firhill tomorrow yeah, yeah honestly tomorrow, I, Firhill against Sepatic uh, against Inverness it is yes yeah. um, honestly I, everybody's waiting for our yeah. growth to fall by the wayside and it hasn't happened yet um, there's the the pressure is on Kilmarnock because they are the favourites. They're not top of the table. They've then lost again last night. Performances haven't been there since Derek McInnes has come in. Results, um, you know, have been up and down. I honestly think our broth could hang in there right until the very end. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get over the line because there's absolutely no pressure on them. They've almost guaranteed a playoff spot as it is. Um, so they're going to be in there. They're all you know, punching well above their weight. Nobody expects them to do it, so and I think that's the best place to be. And form has been there regardless of who they've had. So for me, um, our both just now are the favourites. Should Dick Campbell call Claudio Ranieri and say, "Talk me through it," because <laughs> remember at Leicester, nobody thought no. they were going to win nah. the title. No, they didn't, and everyone yeah. kept and, and probably not rightly so, but it had had never really been done before. Nobody yeah. really seen it too often, certainly in the modern day game when you look at the, the wealth of a lot of clubs and certainly in England with the top six uh, and the budget at their disposal. So it was incredible that Leicester managed it and it will be equally as incredible if our both manage it this season. It, Paul, it really yeah. would. It's, it would be, the, I think, up there with the, the greatest achievement in oh, Scottish football sure. when you look at a part-time club and yep. um, the way they perform. So it's going to be an excellent run in in that division as well. Craig Moore, you're a great thinker. Sometimes about football. Well, occasionally football. So, <laughs> hey, it's well seen. I'm five miles away from him. Six foot two, Craig Moore. Yep. Um, right. What about the division here? I mean, it's very healthy in many ways mm-hmm. uh, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so Celtic on 70, Rangers yep. 67, mm-hmm. Hearts on 49. So yes. they're all, yeah, there's like two divisions there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got, look at this. Seven teams. Livingston on 37, mm-hmm. Hibs on 36, Dundee United, Motherwell on 35. Ross County, St Mirren and 33, and Aberdeen and 32. Mm-hmm. So 30 games gone, uh, coming up at the weekend, isn't it? It's the yep. 30th game. So yep. 30, 31, 32, there's four games before the split. Yes. And uh, in some ways it's healthy. But what are you thinking about it? Because you pointed out off, off air, 
some people are going to be really disappointed if they miss out on the top six. Ah, look, very, very much so because obviously with 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 the split pool as as it works is uh, um, you know potentially that bottom six that now obviously you've no chance of uh, that that European spot because I mean the first aim is obviously to make the top six, yeah. and then if you can hit that top six and especially the way that the the, the league table is, there's a real opportunity for European football and it, it'd be a qualifier, isn't it, the fourth position? Yes. Um, so again, what what great incentive? The strange thing is, is like I said, then that the, the bottom six, and at the moment we've got Aberdeen, we touch on in 10th position, which is, again, nowhere near good enough. Um, the battle at the bottom with St Johnston and Dundee. Um, but strange thing is, like, that bottom six could end up with potentially more points than some that are in the, the top six, which is absolute madness with, with, with the split as it works. But um, anybody now is desperate to make that top six. There is a league within the league. Um, as you touch on five points from four to ten, it really is incredible. We we talk about you know the the title and how important it is to Rangers and Celtic and the nerves that are k- kicking about within both of those squads. There's there's a lot of nerves kicking about in in these teams, yeah. and they they want to you know every player wants to hit the the highest possible level, finish as high up the table as possible. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, what a fascinating race it's going to be for that top six. Leanne, there's so many things we could pick up on there. St Mirren, they've got a game in hand, as you know, so if they win it, they would go in 36. Mm -hmm. So Aberdeen in 32, they're only five points behind Livy in fourth position. So it could still happen, couldn't it? They could get there. So a few things. What about Jim Goodwin? He's going to have to get some wins quickly now, isn't he? Two draws, but then a a defeat last night. I see Robbie Nielsen was Mm -hmm. criticising Lewis Ferguson for the penalty. Um, But actually, uh, the manager of Jim Goodwin's come back uh, and he's not happy with Robbie Nielsen. But Jim Goodwin, do you think he can get Saints back up top six? Yeah, uh, sorry, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah, Aberdeen. No, I, yeah. I think it's going to be, um, it, it'll be tricky for him. I think yeah. what Jim has got to do between now and the end of the season is work out the, the strength and depth of his squad. And I think moving forward, the players that he's going to want to keep, he's not going to get dragged into a relegation battle. No. I don't th- I think that's gone. Um, yeah. They've got that cushion in terms of the points. I think they're, they've probably got a better group of players than St Johnston and Dundee so he's going to try and get a bit of momentum I think but I don't think Jim Goodwin's going to be judged on the remainder of this season because the position that Aberdeen are in has certainly been a long-standing issue mm. um, but the fans demand a hell of a lot up in Aberdeen that's yeah. what I would say and and they might find themselves under a bit of pressure but I think Jim Goodwin's a very good manager and I think if anybody could turn it around and push for top six, it'll, it will be Jim yeah. Goodwin. The comments last night from Robin Nielsen are really strong um, yeah. Yeah. and probably, you know, I've, I've perhaps seen worse decisions and penalties awarded yeah. for yeah. different types of challenges than, than Lewis Ferguson last night. Yeah. I think what he was trying to be was cute is the way I would describe it. There yeah. was a bit of contact there. I think he is looking to probably try and draw the foul um, but to come out and probably highlight it and, and brand yeah. Lewis Ferguson a but, cheat um, was maybe a bit heavy. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I, I was I was at that game by the way and to be fair, uh, Ro- Robin Nielsen loves to get involved with a fourth official. Mm-hmm. He's at it all, is he? all, yeah. all game. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes Maybe he thinks that the fans are there to, to, to watch him. But his, I think his Jim, performance on the bench. Yeah, it's think, actually his team. Yeah, yeah. I think Jim Goodwin actually came out. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember who he criticised, but he went on about somebody for diving, I think, earlier in the season. And I remember seeing the comments that people were going to wonder if he'll be as critical now he's at Aberdeen. So, interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, he's then back on the flip side of his player um, being criticised and he's had to do, come out and defend them. Do you know what? That's the two hours up. James, can we take another hour? 
Time flies no, when you're have. having fun. <laughs> That's the old, it's the old line. Come back tomorrow night at five. Mark Guidi will be here with Barry Ferguson. We might continue the Lewis Ferguson. And finally, who is going to win the title? Well, <laughs> Leanne will tell us <laughs> as the weeks unfold. Leanne, will we see you next week? Yeah. Hopefully, Paul, thanks. Craig, you'll join us of too. Course. Thanks so much, everyone. Uh, coming up next is the news, and then Jokal Day. See you tomorrow night, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.